Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Before we roll the audio on this PFT Live podcast, we want you to know that Mike Florio does an afternoon podcast. Why? To catch all the late-breaking news and developing stories in the NFL, of course. So you got to subscribe to PFT PM as well. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, or Google Play. Search PFT PM and subscribe. Boom. Done. Thanks for the support. Now, stats for another hour of the PFT Live podcast. Thursday edition of Pro Football Talk Live, NBCSN. Hello to our good friends in the UK and in Ireland enjoying the program on Sky Sports. If you listen to the first two minutes and are grossed out, well, it may get worse. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great. How you doing, man? I'm doing, you know, like I said just a minute ago, it's my Friday. I feel good. You know, get a little of that weekend energy kick here on the last day it's it's that's uh, what you're calling it now is that the new strain weekend energy <laughs> no i got another strain that i'll be dabbling in tonight but i can't say <laughs> it here okay <laughs> uh-uh. all right on that note let's get right into it uh, since it's chris's friday it's everyone else's thursday you got to be careful calling it friday i know somewhere there's going to be a dwight schrute reaction and somebody's not going to show up for work tomorrow because you're going to implant in their brain the idea <laughs> yeah. that it's friday right it's thursday what you need to know on this Thursday, or for Chris Friday, begins in New England. And how about this? They finally had their chit-chat, hashtag Tommy and Bill Belichick, on the telephone. Now, Tom Curran says it happened on Tuesday, that the conversation was not particularly productive, and that Bill Belichick was all business. What a shock. Look, I'm not taking a shot at our buddy Tom Curran's report, but what a shock that when talking business, Bill Belichick would be anything other than, wait for it, all business. Right. Nobody is going to rattle Bill Belichick or get him out of business mode 
during working hours. It's just not possible. Really, it's hard to get him out of that mode, I think, in you know non-working hours. This is just how his brain works. He lives it. He's a curmudgeon, as we've talked about. You know, and yes, he's not going to sit there and, and he preys on, on Tom Brady. You know, he, he did that with the NFL 100. Watch the show. He talks about Tom all the time there. You know, but again, he's still the chance he's going to be his leader, his head coach. So he's still going to treat it like that, even though that relationship is probably more special than we realize or more special than other relationships ever. But I do find it interesting, again, and one, Belichick, yeah, it's not going to be real productive. Belichick's not going to do anything until he has a good feel for what Brady wants to do and maybe what teams are out there in the market is really saying for Brady and making sure Brady's appetite is fulfilled that way to go, okay, you sure nothing out there is li- you, you know you like? All right, come back. Let's talk. Let's get into it. And I think that's what's interesting. Other thing I find interesting here is like, you know, I mean, Tom, Tom Curran, you know, I, he's the man up there in Boston. I got to think he got this from somebody in Brady's camp, right? I mean, I don't think Belichick called Tom Curran and was like, hey, things weren't real productive today. You know what I mean? It's got to be somebody from there. Uh, so that's where I, I find it interesting with Brady right now. He's kind of controlling the narrative a little bit here. You're, you're, you're moving your finger, that giant E.T. finger, yes. your, your giant E.T. middle finger. You're moving it dangerously close to a third rail in this business where it's not regarded as kosher to speculate on how people know. Things. Oh, yes, you're just, right. Just you're so right. You're I aware. know. I know. Just so you're aware. Yes. But uh, it was. Pro- but all that said, it was probably Tom Brady's dad. But but just <laughs> just so you're aware, you, we should not engage in those kinds of conversations. Um, What what would the conversation even be? between Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. What's there to discuss at this point? If they're talking directly, because Brady has an agent. Now, we know he cuts his own deals, usually directly with Robert Kraft, but but what's there even to discuss right now between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick? I, I, you're right. I don't really know other than what Tom is thinking a little bit and maybe just giving them an update there. You know, Bill's a very honest guy, uh, and, and he's the type of guy that's going to shoot shoot you straight, you know, no matter who you are that way, and especially when it comes to football. So he's probably letting them know where they are as far as, you know, money-wise, things like that. I would think it's more almost a cordial, hey, let's just, let's just check the box, say we talk talked we got a little feel for what's going on but there's just still so much left to be digested here and I don't know I mean you know with the Tennessee Titans are that how much of a player are they with Tom Brady I don't know you know I, I do still find it odd that they FaceTimed him out of the first row of the Syracuse basketball game this past weekend you know the 49er thing you know it's not going away it seems to be real I don't hear the 49ers coming out and denying it either so that's where I start to go well there's smoke there's fire and I don't see anybody adamantly saying no no way, that's never going to happen. So that makes me think it, think it is real. Well, and here's the thing. Yes, last week, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch addressed Jimmy Garoppolo and made it clear they wanted to keep him. But that was before this 49ers right. issue and angle for Tom Brady took on a second life. What was said last week doesn't mean anything at this point. It was all reset. When, and the chain went like this. Deion Sanders apparently was talking about it during the combine coverage over the weekend. Sorry, I didn't watch much, if at all, of it over the weekend. I watched none of it over the weekend. I watched some of it Thursday night, and that's it. He was talking about it there. Peter King wrote about it on Monday. You and I talked about it on Monday. Right. I wrote about it on Monday. Tom Curran hopped on board Tuesday. He was on Adam Shine's program on Sirius XM Mad Dog Radio, 
and specifically mentioned that the 49ers are coming up hard on the outside with the Patriots and the Titans being the primary candidates. And then Karen Garigian of the Boston Herald, citing her unnamed sources, said that Curran is on to something. So this has taken on a second life. It never really got started when I tried to kick up this idea of an upgrade from Garoppolo to Brady after the Super Bowl. Right. But now it's there. It's a thing. You've got 49ers players talking about it, Chris. Yes. Let's take that angle. Jeff Wilson Jr., running back, says it's ludicrous to talk about a Garoppolo for Brady swap. George Kittle goes to Twitter and is more subtle. He says, let's run it back 10 with a picture of him and Garoppolo. How do you deal with this if you're Kyle Shanahan? Well, it, it, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to deal with it. You're going to have to hope that if it, it gets to that point, you know, I, you know, I would think Kyle would have to have a talk with Jimmy Garoppolo just to kind of let him know where things lay here in this as, as if this conversation gets more and more real as we go along. But, like, as far as smoothing it over with the locker room, I don't think there's anything you can do as a head coach in this situation. I think in this situation, like, if it were to happen and Brady were going to go to the 49ers – you know, they, first off, it's Tom Brady. So when he does walk in the room, as much as George Kittle loves Jimmy Garoppolo and Wilson loves Jimmy Garoppolo and he's done great things, they're going to be really happy and like, whoa, Tom Brady's on our team and he's in our locker room. And then, uh, you know, the other thing I'll say this, Mike, you know, we've argued and we talk about it like, yeah, does Jimmy Garoppolo maybe have more of a future than Tom Brady? But is he better than Tom Brady right now, this very second? I'm not sure about that. You know, I, I kind of stand with you in your little comment of like, if Tom Brady was playing on the 49ers in the Super Bowl, they would have won. I'm kind of with you there too. I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, and the other thing I think that will do it, when they see Brady, again, his arm, Mike, is still, it's still top notch. When they see Brady throwing lasers around the first OTA practice, that'll silence all the murmurs. And then they're going to go, oh, okay, he's Tom Brady. And look, he's throwing missiles around here. He looks good. We're going to win the Super Bowl. And that'll change everything in the locker room. will be fine. Yeah, I remember back when the Vikings were talking about signing Brett Favre, there was a report from ESPN at the time that there was a schism in the Vikings locker room because the players there had loyalty to Tarbaris Jackson. So once Brett Favre showed up, that changed. Once Tom Brady shows up, if it happens, that will change. And Tom Curran yesterday addressed why this Brady to the 49ers thing won't go away. And the, the two reasons he gave, I think, make it abundantly clear why there is smoke and indeed fire. What Curran writes is first, Brady would love to play there. Right. I mean, that's a pretty important dynamic kind of in important. any free agent decision. I'd love to play there. Well, right. check that box. Second, and this comes from Curran, as much as Niners coach Kyle Shanahan likes Garoppolo, I've been told by multiple sources he's got reservations about Garoppolo's ceiling and overall decision-making, which, uh, look, we saw the ceiling. The ceiling is somewhere below hitting a wide-open Emmanuel Sanders <laughs> with a championship on the line because he had a chance to do it and he didn't, period. So uh, if, if that's true... If what Curran's saying is true, that's another reason for Shanahan to listen. And and look, Chris, I keep coming back to this. It doesn't have to be two years with Tom Brady. No. It can be a year with Brady, right. and then you go get Kirk Cousins, the guy that, that Kyle Shanahan wanted all along. He's available after this season unless he signs an extension. No, I, you're, you're exactly right. There's a lot of different ways you can go here. And, you know, yes, the thing we don't know right now is where Shanahan's, you know, heart really lies with Garoppolo. Yeah, you hear those rumors. I know he said a lot of great things about him at the Combine and made a great, a lot of great points just talking about how Baker Mayfield has started more games. He came off the ACL injury. You know, he had a lot of big moments. But 
if you're the 49ers organization and you're Shanahan and Lynch and you don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy of the future, then you do entertain the Tom Brady conversation. And that's where we don't know right now. We don't know where the 49ers are at and their thought process with Jimmy G. Hey, the Super Bowl, as we know, you know, I'm not going to sit here and blame him, but yeah, it wasn't good. We know that it certainly could have been better. And he got outshined by a guy that, you know, was special in Mahomes. But I think that's really going to be the dictating force to me. If I'm in the 49ers organization, is this guy the future? If he's not, Okay, then I would for it with the Tom Brady idea because you're thinking you're going to start new with something else here in the next few years anyways. Right, Mike? The other thing I think that we need to bring up here with a little connection with the 49ers and uh, Tom Brady, you know, Wes Welker's with the San Francisco 49ers. You got you can't. So you can't forget about that. Right. He's out there. So if there's a lifeline or uh, anything there, you know, I'm sure there could be conversations if it is real between those two guys. I mean, that's what I always do. I always look at staffs and things and go connect dots. Is there history between anybody here? And of course, Welker and Brady is one that's very prevalent and sticks out to me. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And uh, look, until and, and I think we're at the point now where the only way this fire is going to be extinguished is to have a clear, unequivocal statement from the 49ers that Jimmy Garoppolo is their guy and they will not be pursuing any other quarterbacks, period. That that's it. The cat that they they stuffed the cat in the bag last week. The cat is back out and it's running all over the place. And let me just ask the control room for a favor here. Put the graphic back up of good Jimmy, bad Jimmy. We've got multiple of these where we show the good stats and the bad stats and we find you know a flattering picture for good jimmy and then we try to find an unflattering picture there are no unflattering pictures <laughs> no, of bad jimmy he's a handsome even guy bad jimmy looks good well yeah right so he's so he, so even if he gets run out of san francisco he's still got that going for him at least for another 15 or 20 yeah years. well he's got that so, in common with brady you're not going to find a whole lot yeah. of bad pictures of those guys and go yeah. wow they look really funny and weird there <laughs> Yeah, and by Brady's standards, he's got it going for him for another, what, 30 or 40 years. <laughs> yes. So, uh, but, but this is a fascinating, fascinating story. And we have the Twitter poll that you can respond to, and we would like you to. Uh, we already have nearly 10,000 votes. I just posted it right before the show started today. Where do you want to see Tom Brady play in 2020? Patriots, Titans, 49ers, somewhere else are the choices. Patriots are winning. Plurality. Yeah. You're going to hear plurality a lot in the coming months. 41% plurality for Patriots. Titans and 49ers tied at 17. Somewhere else, what do 25%. You, what do you want to say? I don't know say? what the somewhere else would be. Chaos. Yeah, Cowboys. I know. <laughs> I still want the Cowboys. I I, I, Even, <laughs> I'll settle for the 49ers. But I want the Cowboys. I, I want the Patriots. Like I've always said, I want to see Brady back with the Patriots and give it one more run there. But if it weren't the Patriots, my second choice would be the 49ers because I just think you could, we could go down an avenue of holy cow. I mean, yes, he's from there. He goes to San Francisco. What the hell happens to Jimmy G? I mean, does New England call you know call San Francisco if it gets down far, that far down the road and say, hey, we'll take Jimmy G back? I mean, that's where that's why I say the 49ers would be my second choice because it could really uh, turn things on their head as far as this quarterback free agency market. There's some interesting comments to the tweet and you can add your own. The Raiders are coming up in there 
quite frequently. I, I don't know how real that is. You've, you've suggested that's not nearly as real as it's been suggested. I, I just think the more time that goes, I just sit here and think, and I just, if I'm Tom Brady, hey, it's cool, the Raiders. There's a lot of positives, but you know, I don't think they're a 2020 Super Bowl contender, and I don't think Brady's going anywhere to waste a year to be like, hey, I'll, I'll waste my you know year at 43, and then when, we, when I come back at 44, that's when we'll make the Super Bowl run. I don't see that being in the the realistic thought process of a legend like Tom Brady I think he's going to go somewhere just like we saw Peyton Manning where he's going to go and I I think I can win a Super Bowl this year right off the bat and put himself in a position to succeed and here's the other thing about the Raiders if the Raiders really were in play we'd be hearing a lot more about it because your buddy John Gruden can't keep his mouth shut right (laughs) he would right right (laughs) we've talked about this before like, remember when they sent all the scouts home last year before the draft? Right. Because because Gruden goes door to door and he plops his butt down in someone's chair and he talks about this and he talks about that and he wants to sound it all out. He would be talking, talking, talking about getting Tom Brady right now if he thought he has, had a reasonable shot. Well, do you I, agree? Yeah, I, I mean, hey, listen, he, he does like to talk, especially to his staff and do that. I mean, that's the good thing about John is he does have those conversations. But yes, I'm not I'm not. This is no, a criticism. I know, I know you're but right. My point is, but within doing that, things get out of the building. About it. Yes, exactly. Right. right. Yeah, I'm, I hear you there. We got to take a break. Are they trying to get Jacoby Brissett out of the building in Indianapolis? One of his teammates thinks he doesn't get enough respect. Does he? And has he earned it? We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Brissett out of the gun. He will back to throw. Lobs it in the end zone. Looking for T.Y. Touchdown! Touchdown, T.Y. Set to T.Y. Hilton. That's a career high. Touchdowns in a single game for Jacoby Brissett with three. And the Colts are right back on top. They have the lead now. It's 19 to 17. You know, the despair that accompanied the retirement of Andrew Luck in late August was followed by early season euphoria in Indy. Five and two were the Indianapolis Colts. A lot of praise for Jacoby Brissett. And then something happened. And it very well may be. MCL injury against the Steelers, never quite the same after that, but there is a clear sense of ambivalence, Chris Sims, toward Jacoby Brissett now. Darius Leonard, the great linebacker for the Colts, recently spoke out on Brissett's behalf, saying he doesn't get enough respect. Well, he should take that up with Jim Irsay, the owner of the team, or others in the organization who are making it clear that they are looking elsewhere to upgrade at the position, and I don't think anyone believes they shouldn't. Other than Darius Leonard. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, you know, again, this goes back to, you know, what we're even hearing with the the 49ers players and Jimmy Garoppolo and all that. Of course, hey, yeah, the guys in the locker room at that time are going to support the guy in the locker room. I mean, that's who they know. They have a personal relationship. So I would expect a player in, in Indianapolis to say that. But, yeah, the facts of the matter are, you know, I, I don't agree with Darius Leonard. You know, I, I, you, could, you could argue that before the knee injury. I mean, before the knee injury, I, I said he was a top 10 quarterback in the league at that point. I was like, man, he's, he's right there around the top 10. He's playing great. Was great in some big clutch moments. Was making some great plays. But, man, after the knee injury, it just fell apart. And it's not even like, not necessarily all just the, it was mental, it was physical, it was everything. 
And I, like I told you earlier in the week, Mike, I was told by somebody that I really trust uh, in the business that just said, there's no way Jacoby Brissett will not be the starting quarterback with the Indianapolis Colts next year. He might be on their roster, but they are going to look to get somebody else in there to be the guy in Indianapolis. Yeah, and I think how much is paid to the next guy is going to show whether or not Brissett's got a chance to compete or whether he's even got a chance to stick around. I mean, he's a guy who get unloaded. He's got a guaranteed roster bonus north of $8 million, almost $9 million, salary of $6 million and change on top of it. They may be stuck with him unless they can trade him somewhere. But, uh, you know, if it's a Nick Foles, we talked yesterday about the possibility of Foles being traded to Indy. Foles is around $15, 16000000 in compensation. You could keep both guys in theory. Yeah. But if they go out and make a play for somebody at $25 million or more, I think that tells you, number one, that guy's clearly the starter. And number two, Brissett's got to worry about getting shipped out of town altogether. Yeah, I think you're right. I think if, you get, if they get somebody with an Andy Dalton, Nick Foles type contract, then Jacoby Brissett, I do think, has a good chance to what you're saying, to be on the roster and be that backup quarterback, which, you know, I think is probably where the Colts think he is right now. They probably think he's a really high-end backup quarterback. But if it's like Phillip Rivers, which we've heard that conversation a lot as well, right? If he comes in and then signs, you know, to what you're saying, a $25, $28 million contract, yeah, he's going to be the guy. And then I would think Jacoby Brissett will be on the trade block, and who the hell knows? Maybe he ends up back in New England, too. I mean, you know, we, we certainly know there's going to be teams that are either looking for a bridge quarterback or even looking for a high-end backup quarterback in case, you know, their their other quarterback they have that they have an issue with right now can, you know, he can come in and, and play there. He could be a backup to Tyrod Taylor with the Chargers. He could do any of that. So uh, there's so many moving parts here with this this conversation. And think about the phases of quarterback free agency this year. We're going to have phase one yeah. where – the land rush happens for the big names. Then we're going to have phase two, the guys who are left over after the big money is spent and the guys who are supplanted by the fact that their team has gone out and found a new quarterback like Jacoby Brissett will be. Then we've got that period after everything kind of slows down entirely and teams are awaiting the draft. That's when they make contingency plans for guys they will pursue if they don't get who they want during the draft. And we've seen trades happen after a round one. If there's a guy you want in round one and you don't get him, what do you do the next morning? You make a trade for a guy, whether it's a quarterback or some other position. So there's going to be a lot of different moving parts here, and it's going to start the 18th of March, and it's going to continue into May, Chris, and maybe beyond. Because, you know, there's so many quarterbacks. Now. I, this uh, is a topic for another segment yeah, or another day. Right. At some point, the league can justifiably talk about expanding because it's not as dire as it was just a few years ago. There's a lot of quarterbacks to yes, go around. Is. We'll be right back. As an offense, as a team, we've been in that situation, you know, multiple times. And, you know, we've answered the bell. And just it's tough when, you know, that one time, you know, you didn't. And so, but that's what uh, that's what people remember. It's the world we live in, and you just gotta own up to it, and you know, be a man about it. And so, it'll, uh, like I said before, it'll fuel us in this offseason, fuel me especially in this offseason, just to uh, you know, come back better. Jimmy Garoppolo looking for some offseason fuel. He's getting it this week with all the talk of Tom Brady possibly joining the San Francisco 49ers. I'd love to know, number one, what Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo have said to each other this week. And number two, is there any relationship? Do you know this, Chris? Is there any relationship between Garoppolo and Brady? 
Well, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but you know what what stands out to me with Garoppolo and Brady, and and maybe correct me if I'm wrong, stats. Maybe you know this, but weren't Garoppolo and Brady at the Kentucky Derby together last year? Weren't they a part of the same group that's there? Which would lead me to believe that they're they're pretty friendly, at least text message friendly, to be in that right. So, and stats is in my ear saying yes, they were they were there together. So I would think there is some sort of relationship, which will make things awkward here going forward. <laughs> Very awkward. If Jimmy Garoppolo thinks that Tom Brady is trying in not so subtle fashion to take his job, yes, awkward to say the least. Yeah. All right, would you rather is the topic for this segment. Let's begin where we have already begun with Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. If you're Kyle Shanahan, Chris, would you rather explain to your team why you got rid of Jimmy G or would you rather explain to anyone who cares, and there will be many who do, why you passed on Tom Brady? Oh, well, okay. So you're just saying with the Tom Brady thing, we're just saying in general, like not necessarily to the team there. For the rest of your life, having yeah. to answer to jerks like us, why didn't you take Tom Brady when you could have? What would you rather have to yeah, do? Yeah, that's a tough one. I still think I'd probably go with explain why I passed on Tom Brady if I was Kyle Shanahan you put me in his shoes. I think that's the route I would go. I think you'd have a harder time. You know, hey, again, like we've talked about, Jimmy Garoppolo, is, he's well-liked on the team. You know, a lot of team teammates are going to be going, well, I mean, what the hell? We went to the Super Bowl. We were up 20 to 10 with six and a half minutes left. Why do we have to do this? You know, the Brady thing, I think you have more excuses. Yeah, exactly. That's why you have to do it. Well, but because the Brady you thing, you have more to excuses, And too. if you had Brady, you would have won the game. That's why. You well, said so. You said so. I know. You're right. It's a, this is a tough one. I don't even know. I was trying, I'm, I'm going back and forth on this one. I, I am. But yeah, let, let, me, let me give it a try. Yeah, Let me give it a try. Ahead. Maybe you'll agree with me. I'm taking a very analytical approach to yeah. this. If if Kyle Shanahan is at the point where he even has to explain to his team that he's moving on from Jimmy G for Tom Brady, that means that Kyle has, in the application of his infinite football wisdom, and I'm not being sarcastic, the guy knows what he's doing. Yes, he does. He comes to the conclusion that Tom Brady gives us a better chance to win than Jimmy G. I have faith in Kyle Shanahan. You don't. I do that he's going to be able to go into that locker room with 53 guys that he employs and send the message to them that this is how it's going to be. He doesn't have any control over us. He can't change our mind. Their minds can easily be changed because no matter who the quarterback is, we got to put our pads on. We got to go out there. We got to play football and you're going to play with who the teammates are. Teammates change every year. That's part of being an adult professional football player. So George Kittle, if you don't like it, you'll learn to like it. Jeff Wilson, if you don't like it, who are you anyway? Get out of here. That's what Jimmy Garoppolo leaving would empower Kyle Shanahan to do. Well, you, I think you're, you're you're right, and and listen, I don't want to be thrown in that corner. You just tried to throw me there. I do believe in my buddy Kyle Shanahan. You know Get in that. that corner. Well, I didn't yeah. throw you in there. Well, you put yourself. Yeah, well, in there. you're right. I did. You know, th th it's a tough one. It you really self is. Put your you self, self cornered put my, self cornered thyself. You can't do that. But okay. yeah, it, it is a tough. And you make good points there. You you definitely do. So I hear you from that standpoint. And the one thing that we know from Kyle Shanahan about Kyle Shanahan because we kind of hear it everywhere we go wherever he's gone 
Players like him. I mean, minus Roddy White in Atlanta, who just was a bitter guy that got benched and was out of the league that next year. How dare Kyle bench him? All right. Other than that, you can't really find players who don't love playing for Kyle because he is great in those tough situations. Like you're saying, there is no nonsense. He is like a Belichick where, you know, there's just, he's not going to BS you. You're going to get it. You're going to get a shot straight at you. And whether you like it or not, that's just going to be the fact of the matter. So he is great that way. Uh, that is a really tough one. Um, but yes, I'll, I'll stand by my answer for now. I still think it would probably be easier to explain why you got rid of Tom Brady to the masses rather than to your team with Jimmy Garoppolo at that moment. I'm, I'm always in favor of talking to an audience that I ultimately control. Yeah. You control the locker room far more than you control anyone else. All right. Yeah. Similar topic. If you're Tom Brady, would you rather try to sell your spouse, Giselle, Boondinchen, as Chris would say, Boondinchen, as everyone else would say, on living in Nashville or Indianapolis. Well, I, I think Nashville is the easier sell, and and I, you know, again, I like Indianapolis, even though I was throwing up there all week last week. I yeah, still Indianapolis like it. Indianapolis doesn't like you. <laughs> yeah, apparently, it was trying to rid me, uh, or rid it, rid itself of me. But I think I would. It's an easier sell. I mean. Just again, and I don't know Giselle, and neither do you, but she is a superstar and, you know, arguably the greatest model of our era here, right? I mean, she's still raking in the cash. You could sell Nashville. You know, Nashville's got a nickname of Nash Vegas. There's enough going on. It's a growing city. There's plenty of star power there. There's some of the most beautiful neighborhoods I've ever seen in my life in Nashville. So I think that would probably be the easier sell. Nash Vegas sounds like a character from a really Nash bad Vegas, movie. baby. <laughs> we used to have, I don't know. We used to say that back in the day. Hey, uh, yeah. Uh, it, it never caught on. Uh, Cause that's the first time I've ever heard it in my life. Indianapolis is a great town. I love Indianapolis. Yeah. I hope the scouting combine never leaves Indianapolis, but I think it's going to be easier to sell Giselle on Nash Vegas. Right. Yes. Nash Vegas. <laughs> I've, I've never been, I've never been to Nash Vegas or to Nashville. Uh, You've never but, been uh, to Nashville. I, I've, I've heard. I, I can repeat it. If you want me to, I've never been to Nashville. Well, I know you lived there. I know it's hard for you to conceive of the fact that a place where you actually lived, other people may have never had any reason to go there. I've had no reason to go there. Well, listen, when, when you leave like West Virginia, then you could start talking crap about my travels. Okay. But when you want to, when you stop doing the show from your, your Chateau de Florio, okay. Then you can start making fun of me a little bit, but you need to go to Nashville. It's a good weekend trip. I think Jill oh. would like it a lot too. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Those won't be happening anytime soon. Th this is one of those moments where I'm very happy to have a house on a mountain and, uh, and, and the truck shows up every day with all the stuff that we don't have to go out and buy. But that's another topic entirely. All right. Man, Bill you got Belichick trucks delivering the... you stuff all day? Man, you're rich. Yeah, it's called, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really Bring up the Brinks stuff. truck. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah, Unload your stuff. Ex expensive things like soap and shampoo and, and uh, shaving cream. Yes, we're, we're, really, we're really spending high on the hog here in West Virginia. All right, Bill Belichick is going to get the key to the city of Annapolis on Saturday. Would you rather get a key to the city or 
get a street named after you in your hometown. Oh, that's not even close. I want a street named after me in my hometown. Screw the damn key. I mean, nobody's going to remember you even got a freaking key until you, you once you walk off the stage. And then what do you do? You put it on your mantle? Like, whoopee freaking do, okay? Yeah, a street name? Come on. Hey, you make a right hand on Chris Sims Boulevard. Make a right turn on Chris Sims Boulevard. You get up about a quarter mile on Chris Sims Boulevard, and you'll see this house on the left. I mean, come on. Does it get any better than that? You're a staple of the town forever and ever why did you go with boulevard of all the different things i don't know i I mean sim street makes so it's it's, right it's it's got a it's got alliteration i kind of like sim street i do too you're right boulevard i don't know yeah Yeah. sims Uh, if it's if it's just sim street nobody's gonna put it to me it's gonna be big phil's gonna get the credit for that so the, the name christopher or chris needs to be thrown in there I have a slight caveat, though, because I agree with you. I would rather have the street named after me, but I would at least like to have a general idea where the street's going to be. Like, if it's the street that leads to the to the garbage dump, <laughs> maybe I'll take the key to the city <laughs> That instead, sounds like right? your I street. Just, I, I want to know where the street is before I commit to putting my name on the street. <laughs> right. Thank you very much. Right. By the way, there is a, there is a Florio Street. Somewhere in I, one of the towns, like, near Oakland— um, and, and back in 1985 or thereabouts, one of the street signs came disconnected from the pole. I don't know how that happened, but it was just laying there on the ground. So I took it home and it's still, it's hanging up in my office. Wow. So, uh, thief. so I'm confessing thief city of I'm Oakland con- thief. I'm, I'm confessing to the crime 35 years later. I believe all statutes and statues of limitation have expired. I did steal a street sign that says Florio Street. I would have Some, done the same. Good for somewhere, you. Somewhere between Oakland, like south of Oakland or in Oakland or Berkeley or somewhere around there. One of those towns. But uh, when we were out there for the Super Bowl a few years ago, I was tempted to go steal the, uh, another one. Oh, steal the tempted. new one? Yeah, but were you going to bring your yeah. screwdriver this time and unscrew it and then take it home or just I hope it would know, fall off again? <laughs> listen, I, let me just say this since we're going down this this street. I can't quite remember how we got the thing off. There may have been alcohol involved that night, which spurred the <laughs> entire like uh, project altogether. I do have this vague recollection of one of my friends hanging from the top of the thing, banging on it with something, and eventually it came off. So, oh, damn. Uh, so yes. this wasn't just – this was vandalism and thief. City of it Oakland. Was all sorts. Let it me was, know when you want me to bring this guy in town. Oakland, I'll bring him in. You have no jurisdiction over me, <laughs> Oakland. All right. Uh, if you're Nick Foles, would you rather bet on yourself in a quarterback competition with Gardner Minshew or roll the dice and welcome a trade to an unknown destination? Wow. I, I think that I would probably go roll the dice and welcome a trade to an unknown destination. I just feel like in Jacksonville, Gardner Minshew has won over the city and the organization, both double whammy. And I think that's hard to overcome if you're a guy like Nick Foles. Um, yeah, for yeah, right now I would I would. This is a tough one. It really is. But I, I think I would rather roll the dice, welcome a trade. Yeah, it's an unknown destination, but you know you also might get a shot here to be a starter. Somebody sign you as a true starter here, and you don't even have to battle it out with anybody. Yeah, um, I I agree with you. And and look, they they clearly want Minshew. I don't know what kind of a competition it's going to be. I think one of the reasons that they kept Doug Marone as the coach, Dave Caldwell's the GM, they brought in Minshew. And Minshew is the guy they can build around. Because look, remember, even though they're only playing six regular season home games in Jacksonville this year, more guys are going to show up and more gals are going to show up, more fans, more money, more everything to see Gardner Minshew play, period. 
he's the guy that has galvanized that fan base, and that's the guy they want playing quarterback. And they want to see what his ceiling is. Yeah. Right? What is his ceiling? We don't know. We just started to scratch the surface, maybe. Or, or maybe he's already at his ceiling. There's only one way to find out. All right. Uh, one more, real quick. If yeah. you're Derrick Henry, would you rather sign one big contract to be a bell cow running back or take less on a team that has multiple running backs that will extend your career necessarily deeper and deeper than if you go out and run the ball 30 times a game. Yeah, I know. But, you know, the, the, like I'm going to go with the first one there, sign one big contract to be a bell cow. Like, you know, the second one, okay, there's too many moving parts. First off, like how much less are we talking about, right? And then the other thing I would say too is like running backs by committee sound cool until the head coach watches the guy, Derrick Henry, run the ball and starts to go, hey, screw the rest of the committee. Let's keep giving him the ball. He keeps getting seven yards a carry. And man, I'm out here on the field, offensive coordinator, while you're up in the box. And man, it's just they don't even want to tackle him. So I don't know necessarily you would get what you want in the, you know, multiple running backs type of uh, a situation there. I think ultimately he'd become the bell cow once again, too, there. Uh, I know we're doing a hypotheticals here, but yes, I would rather just sign the big contract, get your money and go from there. And I, I, I really do feel like the Titans didn't draft him with the eye that he would become a bell cow, that they wanted to have multiple running backs. Remember, they had DeMarco Murray. Yeah. But when, when the guy's that good, you know, that, and that's the thing, you can go in to a season or a game or, or whatever expecting to use multiple running backs, but when one guy is unstoppable, uh, I, it, it, it's harder to take him off. Mike, of the and he field. doesn't seem like a running back that you can just give the ball 10 times a game, right? One thing we see as seasons go on, as games get longer, he's better. So to have him split up the carries and stuff like that, I think takes away from what you're really paying for in Derrick Henry. That's one of the lost realities of the NFL as we get away from the bell cow running back. You know, it hurts so much to get hit by the guy early. You have worn them down psychologically by the fourth right. quarter, and they no longer want to take the punishment, and all of a sudden you're busting these long runs that you wouldn't bust if you're only getting those 10 carries a game. All right, quick break. When we return, are the Carolina Panthers making moves to build around Christian McCaffrey, or is there a semi-fire sale happening in Carolina, and could McCaffrey be had for the right price? We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. We're, we're getting such a fresh start, as you've seen, you know, with, with coaching changes, with player changes, with guys retiring. And um, for us, you know, there is no set leader on our team. You know, we, we need everybody to be leaders. You know, we need, you know, no matter if you're a rookie, if you're you know, an eight-year, nine-year guy. Uh, I think we got to start with a, with a clean slate, and I think we got the right guys. Christian McCaffrey talking to us at the Super Bowl about a fresh start for the Carolina Panthers. Ultimately, Chris, we can't rule out a fresh start for McCaffrey. I think the chances of it are very, very slim. Panthers fans would lose their minds, to say the least, if McCaffrey was gone. He's the most important player right now on that team, third member of the 1,000-yard rushing and receiving club, but, you know, they're willing to trade off pieces. Trey Turner traded to the Chargers for Russell Okung. Who knows what the status is with Cam Newton? But here's the one thing that we need to keep in mind. And this is one of those, it's going to be a big deal in April. You're hearing about it now. Just remember it going into next month. When it's time for the Panthers to convene their offseason program, Christian McCaffrey ain't going to be there. He's not going to be there until he gets paid. The question becomes, what does he want? And is it so much that the Panthers decide 
forget it. We're just not going to do this. We're going to find the best deal we can and move on. And that may not happen in April, but it may be something that plays out through the summer. He doesn't show up for the offseason program, skips a mandatory minicamp, doesn't show up for training camp. I, I truly believe that McCaffrey is not going to show up for anything until he gets paid, Chris. And at some point, that could cause the Panthers to consider their options. Yeah, I, I mean, I understand that. I do. You know, I'll be interested to see what kind of money Christian McCaffrey asks, asks for. You know, I understand, again, him sitting out at this point, and, you know, like we talked about with Ezekiel Elliott last year. You know, it's a brutal position. It's as brutal as it gets, and you're one play away from never being the same and your career being ruined and you never getting paid the money the way you, you should have been paid. So you got to draw a line in the sand. I do think the Panthers would have to be careful about trading a, a Christian McCaffrey, though. I think there's a few reasons why that jump out to me. One, you know, he is right now the best player on your football team. He has surpassed Cam Newton because Cam Newton hasn't been able to play. He's in he's just breaching the prime of his career. So you have that as well. And, you know, more than likely, if he did leave town, he's going to go somewhere and be very successful. And you're going to have to hear about that. I mean, if you're Matt Rule, Joe Brady, you want to get your, you know, get your era in Carolina off to somewhat of a good start. Right. With some good vibes and things like that. And man, if Christian McCaffrey's gone, I don't know if that necessarily makes sense. And the last thing I'll say, too, you know, if Carolina is deciding to get rid of Cam Newton, right? Who better to help a young quarterback out if they go the draft than a great running back who's not only great at running the ball, but awesome at catching the ball. He's like two positions in one. And Joe Brady coming from LSU, which was before he was at New Orleans, and we know how New Orleans likes to throw the ball to the running back, and we saw LSU did it last year. I would think they wouldn't want to get rid of that part of their offense and such a special talent that could make the offense better. But this really is going to be a conundrum for the Panthers yeah. to come up with exactly how much they want to pay him, how they want to structure it. You know, David Tepper, the new owner of the team with the embrace of analytics. I, I think Christian McCaffrey is one of these analytic busters because I'm sure that that a lot of analytics opinion and analysis would point to not paying a running back and you can find other running backs. And, you know, the things we talk about all the time, you can find them in the later rounds of the draft. Sure. You can find them. Uh, undrafted Arian Foster, who led the league in rushing in his second season, was undrafted out of Tennessee. But but there are certain guys who are special. Yes. Like Christian McCaffrey is special. And, you know, they didn't use him as much early in his career as maybe they should. Right. Now that they are. And, and you know, he has defied, uh, the, the, you know, the, the stuff that we see all the time with guys getting injured from from getting uh, used too much. He's, he takes great care of himself. And I think he's going to continue to be a difference maker. And they're going to have to decide, are they willing to pay? And if they're not, uh, what, what do they do? And, and that's going to be a real challenge for David Tepper and Matt Rule. What, what would you do? I mean, you know, if, if Christian McCaffrey asked for an Ezekiel Elliott money right now contract, I mean, I, I would say, oh, yes, I'd, let's go, right? I'd give, him, I'd, I'd give him Ezekiel Elliott. My concern What's is the number how much you scared? above Ezekiel. Yeah, where, do you, where does it scare you? Is it 20 18, 20? That's where you – yeah, yeah, right. That would but, scare but me. Hey, I hear you. The, but hey, if your top receivers are worth twenty million a year, mm -hmm. how is a guy who's a top running back and essentially a, a, a number receiver two receiver too. who performs right. at a very high level not yeah. worth twenty? Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I mean, he had a so hundred receptions. I mean, yeah, he's the man. We'll be right back. We'll be right, we'll be back. right back. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy-six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.